Welcome back to another edition of the world's greatest podcast. This is And Another Thing. My name is Jody Jenkins. And I'm Tony Clement. We are also, again, talking remotely, but uh, it, the technology is working for us. Yes, we are practicing safe physical distancing. See, I didn't even have to remind myself that it's not social distancing, because that's you don't want to do that. It's physical distancing no. that you want to do. We want, we want people to socialize, but not in a physical form. Sounds like a, sounds like a Star Trek episode or something. I don't know. And, Tony, before we get to our, our guest, which I know you're very excited about welcoming, we want to kind of up the ante on this show. We need more subscribers. We need more listeners. So we're going to start with a nice controversy. And I believe COVID-19 is a complete scam. Oh, you're on this. You've been reading too many uh, too many uh, sites. I've seen some of those things now. They're coming out in droves with the scam argument. <laughs> so that's a, that's a little tease that we'll be able to put that out on our social media. Does... It's, it's like Bill Gates and Big Pharma are the reason for COVID-19. Actually, I've got a story to tell. I'll, I'll do it very briefly. But uh, a dear friend of mine, when I was Canada's health minister, my, my chief researcher was a guy named Dr. Frank Plummer. And he did all of our work on uh, HIV-AIDS. He was a world leader researcher in, the, uh, uh, in Kenya on HIV-AIDS. Then he worked on Ebola. He worked on SARS. I mean, the guy was amazing. Anyway, he dropped dead, unfortunately, God rest his soul, in Kenya about uh, a month and a half ago uh, from a heart attack, uh, completely unrelated to covid uh, and the, the conspiracists have said he was in on the conspiracy and he got murdered uh, because he was going to he was going to blow the whistle on the uh, vast worldwide conspiracy on COVID. So my, my my friend, who is his widow, has had to not only deal with, uh, you know, all of the arrangements for his body in Kenya and all this. But then she's getting bombarded on social media about this conspiracy. So please, people, stop it! Like this, this is this is nonsense. Okay. Yeah, anyway, that's my diatribe. It is it is getting a little out of hand. In fact, the, just one quick one I'll tell on my end. I saw a meme last night, and I know how you love the memes, Tony. And I think it was like a screenshot of a CNN scene. Uh, from one of their broadcasts, and it was an individual that had jumped out of a plane, and the the byline on it or the headline was "Man jumps out of plane without parachute, dies of coronavirus." So yeah, okay, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh dear, dear, dear. So should I introduce our guest, uh, Jody? Well, I think that would be the polite thing to do. Yes, that would be the polite thing to do. So we're we're very pleased to welcome to and another thing podcast, Ms. Kelly Ogden. Uh, she is the bass player and lead vocalist in a band called the Dolly Rots, which was uh, a pop punk band formed in Florida in the year 2000. And I've been a, I've been a fan. I've, I've uh, seen the Dolly Rots live. I saw them at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas a few years ago. I have all of their albums. Uh, they are very connected in with um, a great radio station called Little Stevens Underground Garage on Sirius XM. And Kelly is, in fact, uh, a DJ for that as well. So uh, they're just amazing. Uh, let me, before we get to the welcome, I should mention that their latest album is called uh, Daydream Explosion. And their latest song just posted a few days ago is called Make Me Hot. you got to check these guys out. They're simply amazing. Kelly Ogden, welcome to our show. 
Welcome, Kelly. Hello. Thank you for having me. And while we're talking about the conspiracy theories, I'm going to throw out there that I think it's being caused by the new 5G towers. Yes, yes. Yes, that's another <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's all Huawei's fault. So, uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my good, that goodness. Oh, I we have neighborhood Facebook page, and I I live in outside of Tampa, Florida, and I'm one of these little like urban neighborhoods. And there's this huge discussion because some woman was like, "I know it's I know it's the five G towers because it's killing all the lizards too." <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor geckos have got COVID now. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh, the five G towers are giving us COVID nineteen, killing all the lizards in the neighborhood." Like, it couldn't be that you're spraying poison on your freaking lawn. It's got to be the 5G. So tell us, I mean, before we get into the band stuff, what's, what's it like being in Florida during COVID? How, how are people coping? I wouldn't know because we haven't left the house in about four and a half weeks. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're really lucky, though. I mean, I, I'm very grateful that what we do can be done from home and that, you know, once, once things started looking a little bit bumpy, you know, we just decided to kind of shut in. We've got a nice big yard for the kids and, you know, we were like, we'll just, we started doing our hurricane shopping in January this year because Lewis, my husband, partner in the band, he produces and engineers my radio show. He, he was following this, the COVID-19 when it was happening over in China. He's a, he's on Reddit you know, whenever he's not working pretty <laughs> yeah. much. That's what he does for fun. And he started seeing it happen and then it started growing. And then, you know, there was still a lot of flights and stuff. And he was like, you know, Cal, I think that we should prepare a little bit. And this was in January. I was like, like, really? wow. I was like nah, I was like, you're overreacting. It's going to be fine. He was like, it's not going to be fine, Kelly. And I was like, really? And he was like, I really think so. And so, we would just, when we would go grocery shopping, we'd just get some extra stuff here and there. And, and I mean, we have to do that every year in Florida anyway, because the hurricane season's starting up. And, you know, it's, it's not really that abnormal for Floridians to kind of prepare this time of year. But, yeah, he saw it coming. And then, you know, we had to cancel a tour. We were supposed to start a tour on March 17th. And we, we still hadn't canceled it as of, I think, like March 11th or 12th. But, in, in our gut, we knew that it was going to have to be canceled, but you know, the venues didn't want to cancel. Uh, our agent was really, really cool about it. She's like, listen, whatever you want to do, I get it. You know, you guys, our parents, we tour with our children. They're three and six. And, you know, we, we love our crew. like, like their family. And we have a couple of crew members with asthma and diabetes. And it was just like, we really can't do this. It would be stupid. And so we canceled and we had some flack from, you know, a handful of fans and venues that were like, this is BS. It's all conspiracy. It's not going to be a big deal. They just want to shut us down so they can control us. And I was like, oh, my God, no, it's a virus, people. It's a virus. It's not a government out to get you. It's a virus. But anyway. Uh, wow. I'm sorry. Yeah, I knew, I knew that your tour was canceled. Of course, I think I got a notice from StubHub that 23,000 tours have been canceled, or uh, music events anyway. Uh, yeah. just in, I mean, it's just it's just devastating for the industry. But uh, it's amazing, and I know you're doing it too, but it's amazing when bands can go online and, and do a few songs for fans and so on. You're, you're doing that too, aren't you? Yeah, it's something that 
we've actually been doing about seven years now. Whenever we're not on tour, we like to just try and stay connected with our fans. So, you know, we're on social media all the time. And I, I, I now realize who you are. I've talked to you on social media. Like, we, we try to connect with our, our fans. Like You're really great when, at When it. we're not on tour. Yeah, yeah you're so amazing at it. These shows that we play online, we use stage it because that way we can have a chat room and we're used to it. There's, you know, we, we have a sound set up that works with it. Um, but the thing is like, as, as the performers, you know, we can, we can do that and try and supplement our in- income, but for our crew, for the venues, for, you know, tour bus drivers and, and all the people behind the scenes, the sound guys, that's who are really suffering our, you know, booking agents, you know, when are we going to be able to go on tour again? We rescheduled this one for the end of July. And now I'm kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to work out. So it's, you know, it's it's tough for a lot of people in the industry, and I think least of all the performers, because if if you're scrappy, you can kind of find some ways. Which Lewis and I are very scrappy. No, you are. You're you're really <laughs> entrepreneurial. So yeah. long. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, let yeah, our hearts go out to the whole infrastructure of uh, touring and uh, and and live music. So hopefully. Uh, Hopefully this thing will be over uh, sooner than the uh, some people are saying. I, I want to ask you a little bit about life as a mom in a band. I mean, it, it's amazing what you guys have been able to do. Uh, you know, first of all, your husband and wife, uh, which is great, and and uh, to have Lewis, uh, you know, a, a co-conspirator in the Dolly Rots, it must be amazing. <laughs> uh, and then and then to to have the Dolly Tots, that's what the Jody, that's what their kids yeah, are called, yeah. the Dolly Tots. Well, makes to sense. The kids, makes complete sense. Yeah, exactly. To have them out and about with you, part of your life, uh, it's just uh, amazing. So t- tell us a little bit more about that. Well. We were really nervous about it, um, you know, when we decided it was time to, to do the family thing. Lewis and I have been together since we were 17. Um, we, we met in eighth grade, went to college, went to the same, the same college, much to his parents' dismay. Um, he was pre-med, did the MCAT. I was ready to go to grad school and... Uh, Bush, <laughs> George W. Bush. Yeah, George Bush got elected. I remember this part. Yeah, he got elected. He got elected, and in our youthful depression, I guess we decided the world was going to end, and we didn't want to go, you know, to med school and grad school. We we're going to take one year off and do this band. We had just started like nine months prior to that. Like we're going to just be a band for a year and just you know, have some fun because we're both really good students. You know, we, we've always had fun, but, you know, school was, was important. I mean, we're, our families, you know, it was important to our families. It was important to us. So we, you know, we felt like we'd been working our whole lives already. So we're like, let's take a year off. Um, and we decided to get married and move to LA. And so that kind of started that partnership, but the band has always been secondary to wanting to have a family together. I mean, we've been talking about having a family together since we were 17. So finally the time came and, you know, we got home from a tour and we actually decided we went to Paris. We were on tour. I think it was Buzzcock in, in England. And Very nice. Whenever Very we're, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we tour, we try to add a little bit of, of time to the end of the tour, especially for overseas, so that we can actually enjoy a different place. So... 
uh, we took, I think, five days and we went to France and just got a little Airbnb. And, you know, he was like, listen, if we don't do this, it might not happen. We're not getting any younger. And so we decided, like, on a balcony in Paris that we we're going to go home and try and have a baby. And my body and his body cooperated. And then, and then all of a sudden we we're like, Oh my God, it was like, now we have to quit the band. So we, we didn't, and we didn't tell fans until I couldn't hide it anymore on, on the internet. Um, you were still playing whilst pre- uh, pregnant. I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I think the last show I was about six or seven months pregnant. Not, I feel like some of, some people kind of looked at me funny, but you know, most people I don't think really noticed. You know, my slight, my weight has fluctuated by like ten, fifteen pounds throughout you know my career. So I feel like people might have been like, "Oh, got a little belly this time." Um, but yeah, we you know we sold our van and we cried. We were just kind of like, "Man, that sure was fun, wasn't it?" And and I hope it's not too disappointing for everyone when we can't tour anymore and all that. And, you know, then I'm, I'm like seven or eight months pregnant and our booking agents like, Hey, uh, black flags doing some SoCal dates in January. You guys want to open. And I was like, January, I'm having a baby in November. And I was like, well, this is it. You know, I either say yes or I say no. And I was like, we'll do it. <laughs> and and wow. then I almost puked. I was like, oh, my God, I have no idea how we're going to do this. And and we did. That first show was at House of Blues in Anaheim. Uh, we brought our our merch girl mother to take care of the baby. Uh-huh. And and perfect. I, yeah, I played I played my first run of shows. So the baby's uh, the baby was slinging T-shirts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I ended up having a emergency c-section so i was six weeks post c-section oh my gosh on stage yeah i i cried it was it was rough but but i was like man if i just played that show i can do this like i can do this and so we've just said yes to every tour since that unless i was like you know past seven months pregnant we have two kids so we had to turn down a, a an england tour one of them but but yeah i mean and they're and they're used to they're used to the road now and uh you know that's just like normal yeah, for them. it's just normal i mean we tour in in two to three week spurts now you know we used to go out for six weeks now we go out for two or three because it's harder on us <laughs> to be honest because <laughs> you know we bring somebody to help care for the kids and you know our our touring crew is kind of like their extended aunts and uncles but you know, Lewis and I are always the parents or the primary caregivers unless we're on the stage. And so it's, it's grueling. I mean, we don't take any nights off on tour. So, you know, if we're, if we have an 18 day run of shows, we typically play 17 or 18 of those nights. And so to be performing and putting out all that energy and then wake up with the kids in a hotel at 6am and go to breakfast is a lot, you know, we we take turns, but, but it it is exhausting on a whole new level. Thing is touring is always exhausting and it used to be exhausting because we would go get wasted every night. We'd be hung over the next day. Now at least we're just exhausted because our kids are awesome, you know? Well, you've made the, made a great (laughs) transition to a, a, you know, a punk, 
uh, family band. I love it. I love it. It's it's great. And you're doing the DJ work with LSUG. For those who don't know, that's Little Stevens Underground Garage on Sirius XM. One of our uh, competitors, I guess, for Jody because he's got an oldies radio station or a few of them. But uh, yeah. but uh, you're you're still you're doing that as well on top of everything else. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, I, I host the morning show, it's four hour program, and it's a little bit different than a lot of stations because Lil Steven likes for us to do a bit of musical education along with, you know, playing the songs. And so I have in my four hour show, I have 16 breaks that are about an average of two minutes a break. And in each break, I talk about every song that I play. Right. Right. So it's a lot of research, you know, ahead of the show. And, you know, it it takes some digging. It takes a lot of reading, takes some watching documentaries, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, my radio radio show, as I said, is uh, Tony's Rock and Shindig. And I said it's a two hour show once a month, Mm -hmm. but it takes eight hours of research to do a two hour show. So I can just imagine what you're doing every day. Unbelievable. That's the thing. Like, it, it seems easy enough. And, and when I said yes, because here's the thing about Lewis and I, I feel like we've gotten to where we are because we always say yes. Um, and we often have too much on our plate, but we usually can figure out a way to do it. Um, so I said, of course I'll audition for this. I would be honored. And then I got it and I was like, oh my God, I don't think I can do this because I had done a few auditions. And then he was like, well, those auditions were three-hour shows. You're going to do a four-hour one. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, slowly, slowly I'm getting the hang of it. And no, it, it's great. I, I, I want to say I want to put a plug in for Kelly Ogden uh, on Little Stevens Underground Garage when you're not listening to Jody's uh, ra- uh, radio shows. Right, Jody? <laughs> yeah, it was good you corrected that because I thought that this was going to be your last show, actually. So. <laughs> That's right. <yeah. laughs> Sorry, Jody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the funny thing, though, I mean, I did. I grew up in Florida, so I grew up on oldies radio and top forty radio. So the thing is, like, I'm I'm a little bit young. I feel to be doing an oldies morning show, and and it's funny because the hardest thing is a lot of the people's names that I have to say. Yeah, I've never really heard anybody say them before. I've just like read them in books or in liner notes, and so. I have to go like look up pronunciation. Before Here, here's show. how you pronounce and it. It's sometimes called, I just Paul Paul McCartney is how you pronounce it. Or yeah. or Rush. That's another another one. Yeah, it's Rush, a great Canadian <laughs> band. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, uh, and what in 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 terms of 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 that part of your life, like. Do you, in terms of the research, you must learn things that you never knew about the early rock and roll too. That that that's part of the joy about doing these shows, right? Oh yeah, it's been great. I feel like I've I've learned a whole lot as far as I mean, even just the timeline of rock and roll and the the amount of the overlap of songs back in the early days. I mean, I I didn't realize you know, five bands would record the same song and put them out there. And, you know, half of them would be, you know, in the top 20 because the song was awesome. And then the original, nobody knows, you know, like it, it's just yeah. really cool uh, going back and seeing where it all kind of comes from. Cause I've casually known a lot of it, but when you're kind of doing a book report every day, it becomes a little bit more clear. Now, I should say that Dolly Watts are a great band with original songs, but you're also a great cover band. 
and you've done some great covers. <laughs> yeah. The first one I, I fell in love with was uh, Jody. They did a, a cover of Brand New Key. Do you remember that song, Jody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got a brand new pair of yep. roller skates. I got a brand new key. How did you how did you pick up on that one, uh, Kelly? That one, oddly enough, when I was about sixteen years old, my best friend's dad was cool, cool old hippie, had an amazing record collection, and we were just hanging out at the house one night. Parents weren't home, and we're going through all his records, and they played that song. I had never heard it before. I was like this is the greatest song I've ever heard. And so we burned it to a tape for me. And I just listened to that song all the time. And then, you know, I, I love Melanie Fosca. I, I ended up, you know, getting her albums. And um, I just have always loved that song. And for each album that the Dolly Rocks put out, we try to cover a song. And it, it has to be a song that means something to us. On our first record, it was Be My Baby. Um, it was one of the first songs we ever learned to play. At the band, we're Beautiful. pretty much a Ramones and Ronettes cover band. But we well, start. yeah, I mean, and you you sound like <laughs> even on your original songs, I gotta say, you sound a lot like the Ramones to me, and I, I mean that with yeah. I mean that as a compliment. Kelly, I gotta no, ask. I gotta yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, Joe. I was gonna oh, yeah. say I gotta I gotta ask Kelly because I'm not. I mean, I listen to that the genre that you're part of. I'm not as. Uh, well-versed in it as uh, Tony would be. But one of the things I've always noticed is that those types of bands uh, do a lot of covers. My question is like, so why is that? Like one of my favorite songs of all time is actually a cover of gin and juice by ween. And I, I know like, why, why does that genre do a lot of covers? Well, so here's, well, here's the next, question what genre is it yeah well I, that's like, why i said genre because i didn't like want to get pop punk or, <laughs> yeah because i mean i don't know i feel like most touring bands that are at you know let's say a 500 capacity venue a night or less typically and especially a, a band that's an opener band because we joke that we're a professional opening act because yeah. we've been fortunate to to open a lot of shows I feel like when when you're playing in like the punk scene or the pop punk scene, you know, we've never really been a huge part of like the indie scene, um, but like garage, all that stuff. When when you go and you open for say Joan Jet or Buzzcocks or Black Flag or the Go Go's or the Bangles, you know, those are all bands that we've opened for. You kind of have to look at their audience. Okay. And what what we've done is. We try to do, if we're going to play a 45-minute set as an opening act, we try and play two covers. like, And we try to space them out so that people who have never seen or heard our band before at least like, you know, part of the show. <laughs> you know, so they're not, like, dying the whole time. At least there's something familiar. And and so it's, it's helpful to let people know, because a lot of those crowds would be older crowds, you know, and they always have been for our band. I mean, our our core audience is a strange and wonderful mix of people who include, you know, old punk dudes in their, you know, fifties to like (laughs) 13 year old girls and pretty much everything in between. And so when we play the Ronettes or we play the Ramones or Melanie Soska or I don't know what other done right now. Yeah. Yeah. Rancid. You know, it, it shows, it shows the crowd that we're playing to that we understand 
you know, we understand the audience and we also want them to understand that that's part of, of who we are as a band that, you know, our influences are their favorite bands yeah. and that, you know, we, we have that in common and that, that helps to hear that in our originals too. Like once you hear us play a Misfit song and a Ronette song, you kind of get it, you know, it's, I, I feel like that's kind of part of it. The other thing is a lot of our fans are really young and by, by playing songs, cause a lot of the times we pick older songs as, as covers. We don't really do modern songs typically. Well, maybe um, you can do gin and juice sometime. You can cover that track. You know, <laughs> one of our, one of our merch girls, she always brings the ukulele and that was her, her song. Like we would bring her up on stage sometimes and have her do gin and juice on the ukulele. No, you, you can't go wrong with the D O double G. I mean, it's, uh, you, know, it's you, can. So. you can't, <laughs> anyway, I think we're, uh, we could probably talk for hours, but we're ru- just yeah. about running out of time here. And I don't know if Tony wanted to say anything uh, else. Yeah, probably, just maybe, probably, Kelly, uh, maybe you can do a, a free ad, uh, something coming up that you want to promote uh, on our show. Well, the Dolly Rocks are playing live on stage every weekend. So so if you check dollyrocks.com, we've got them listed up there um shows are pay what you want to pay nothing we don't care we're just doing it so that we could stay connected with people and yeah to check out my radio show weekday mornings from four to eight eastern on little steven's underground garage channel 21 on series xm radio which is free yeah it's free yeah that's right it's free right now that's right yeah it's free for everyone until march 15th and then uh, and then uh, make me hot it's great uh, great new yeah So, we have uh, a brand new seven inch out. So we did oh my goodness, on tour. They're <laughs> prolific. Don't worry. You'll get it from our store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got lots of great merchandise too. So Kelly Ogden, uh, thank you so much for being part of our podcast. Uh, say hi to Lewis for us. I know he's in the background taking care of business there and, uh, and uh, just know you got fans in Canada. So I want to see a Canadian tour at some point. Okay. Oh, me too. I, I love playing up there. It's just those drives are long. <laughs> yeah, a little bit long, a little bit long on the drive. So maybe maybe an Ontario centric one. Uh, that way, yeah. you know, Ottawa and Toronto, they're only five hours apart. So it's not, uh, yeah. not too bad for if, us. If you could convince uh, your friends in in business up there to, to stop taxing us on all our merch when we go in, that would be beneficial. Consider well. it done. Consider it done. Okay. Well, right. <laughs> we've got friends done. in low places. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you might. I feel like you just might. Thank you, Tony. And thank you, Jody. Yeah. Thank you. Kelly. All the best, awesome. Kelly. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> all right. Bye. Another great guest, Tony. Well done. Kudos to you. And I noticed, I don't know if you, I, I thought I heard you start to say something, but she referenced they're part of their audience is 50 year old, uh, punk guys. Is that, yeah. is that what she's talking about with you or? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think that's me. Yeah. Yeah. At least I don't have the gray ponytail. At least yeah. I'm not that far gone. I was going to say she <laughs> should do, or they should do a cover of that new hit single sweeping across the country of Canada, uh, talking moistly by the prime yeah. minister. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's, right. that's a big hit. I, I tell you, it's got lots of memes going right now. Uh, the voice talkers voice. are finally uh, liberated by our prime minister. There, there I go. uh, I got. I don't know if I sent you the one, but I, I will when I get done here. But uh, you might have already seen it. But it's like Justin in like a Fabio pose on a couch with I think his leg up, and it says "Speak, talk moistly to me" or something. <laughs> well, all the photos of him like not not. Uh, 
uh, not respecting social distance before COVID. I'm, I want to make that clear, but uh, you know, he he's a close talker. Yeah, our prime minister. So there's there's him warning about you know talking moistly, and then there's a picture of him like an inch and a half away from Bill Morneau. <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. Classic. Anyway, well, that was awesome. Kelly was great. We should get her back sometime because we could. Yeah, and uh, in fact, they have a song called "Because I'm Awesome." So oh, we, we should she we should awesome. play that as part of our intro at some point in the future. Absolutely, Tony. Stay safe, and uh, I'm hopeful that we'll be back to being in the studio together at some point soon. And that's my desire. So I'm looking forward to it too, my friend, and everybody in our listening catchment area. Stay safe and. Uh, Let's play by the rules uh, for a little bit longer, and hopefully we can get out of this uh, sooner. And wash your hands and speak moistly or whatever. Speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak moistly, uh, but, uh, but only to people that you want to infect. <laughs> Talk to you in seven days. Righto.